What's going on? Welcome into another edition of Pells and Whistles presented by Bet Online right here on the Believe Network. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Rel Myers. Hope everyone had a great holiday. Hope everyone was able to use that holiday as a day to reflect as well as hopefully enjoying a day off as well. Uh, Rel, um, you know, we are part of the Believe Network and I believe we have a lot to talk about today <laughs> based on the end of this oh, road yeah. trip. Everyone is freaking out a little bit just based on... Yep. Our, our friends on Twitter, which, of course, is the, the only measurable way to see how our <laughs> fan base is going, right? Pretty much. <laughs> I don't yes. spend too much time on Reddit. Maybe I should start, uh, you know, start hanging out over there and see what the vibe is. Because the vibe on Twitter is stank. That might I get be, it. But... That might be worse. I think Reddit might be worse. I've seen some Reddit. I, I don't go on it a lot <laughs> or probably ever. But sometimes I do. I'm like, eh, the, the negative yeah. energy on there I got to get out of. But I guess it know, depends it's... on what's going on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're here to help you. And I think we we maybe label this therapy session as this is kind of a way on a on a Tuesday mm-hmm. to kind of help you all with your frustrations. And we can vent out ours if we decide to have any, as the Pelicans did fall to the Cleveland Cavaliers on MLK Day, an afternoon affair in Cleveland after a couple of days off. And it started off well for the Pelicans, but then Cleveland kind of woke up in the second half to overcome and, and never mm-hmm. really looked back here. They go two and three on the road trip, which rel is something that we had as a goal. I know Mm -hmm. you're probably thinking if you're listening, why would you have a goal of a losing record on the road trip? Well, (laughs) when you're without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, you take whatever you can get. And if you went one and four or oh and five, um, that certainly wouldn't have been good as far as the standings and also just from a morale standpoint. So if you can hang on and again, we said hover around 500 when those two are out then I think you'll be in pretty good shape. And they did that. But yet, when I wake up this morning and when I saw last night after the game, Twitter really wasn't feeling the same way I was. So yeah. what the heck is going on? I think it's less about the game and more about uh, Ingram's availability. Um, people are definitely frustrated, especially because, you know, we we heard that B.I. said at some point on the road trip he was going to play. So then we're just waiting, you know, like, Oh, did he practice today? Oh, he didn't practice. Okay, well, next time they have the chance to practice is this day or that day. And it's so much speculation. And, you know, it seemed like he was maybe going to play. And then next thing you know, he's out. And he's also, like, in Carolina doing a charity thing. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, I guess you're not going to play. So, yeah, the the whole road trip came and went, and he, he never suited up. And I think people are more frustrated about that. But, I mean... We did all right in that game for the first three and a half or so quarters, but I think we had a really sucky eight minutes between the last two minutes of the uh, third quarter all the way through the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. I don't think we had like an actual field goal in eight minutes, so you can't really win a game like that. And yeah, they didn't have Donovan Mitchell, but there were times when they were missing shots. Um, who is it? Garland. They, they're, they're missing Garland shots. Garland woke up. Garland and woke yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden he he's hitting shots, and you guys weren't taking advantage when he was missing all those shots. So it's like you know we had a chance to kind of gain a little bit more separation and pull away from them, but we let him come back. We got up by what ten? I think was the most we got up by. Um, yeah. The next thing you know, you're down by ten. <laughs> so so let's go back to the Brandon Ingram situation. And one, I feel like I get the frustration based on what this team has done with timetables. Mm-hmm. And of course we dealt with it with the Zion timetable last year. So I get a little bit of that probably emotion that you felt last year. You're starting to feel a little bit with Brandon Ingram, like, okay, how bad is this? Are they not saying anything? Obviously we had the doctor on to kind of tell you how serious this injury is. So maybe I'm not as frustrated with it because learning how important that toe is to help mm-hmm. you get your lift and how, 
tough it is to get back. And, you know, Desmond Bain had the same injury. He talked about it on Old Man in yeah. 3 about how difficult he realized it is that you need your big toe um, for everything. A lot, for everything. <laughs> and so I get it from that standpoint, but I feel like maybe it's because Brandon Ingram said I should be back. Mm-hmm. Should we just stop saying when we are thinking of going to be back and just say, I'll be back when I'm going to be back? Because then I think that just avoids mm-hmm. all the, the speculation. It avoids all the kind of the headaches as far as yeah. when he's going to come back, because I don't know if anyone really knows when he's going to come back now. I think that's one of those situations where no matter what they do, you, you're not going to be able to please everybody. Right. If you don't tell us anything at all. We're going to be frustrated about that. If they say, oh, I'm going to come back on the uh, on the road trip and then they end up not coming back. We're going to be frustrated about that. There's really no way to win in this situation. You know, like uh, last year, we were trying to figure out what was going on with Zion. And David Griffin said he'd be ready for the regular season. And then he missed the entire season. But it's like, what, what was he supposed to do? <laughs> he didn't know yeah. he was going to have a setback, you know? So it's just um, with B.I. specifically, I think it really is um, one of those things where he just has to feel comfortable getting out there. And until he feels comfortable getting out there, there's nothing that anyone can do about it. Um, And I get it. I mean, I'd be afraid to get out there and, you know, hurt myself again or, you know, make the injury worse or anything like that. And um, yeah, I know some people are saying like, you know, certain things you just got to play through, but I mean, none of us are in the NBA. (laughs) So we we might've gotten, um, you know, toe injuries. We might've gotten, uh, you know, contusions or might've had turf toe ourselves, but none of us have ever played. Um, 30 plus minutes in an NBA game. So we have no idea what that would actually feel like. So, I mean, I do have sympathy for what he's going through. Um, but at some point we got to figure out like, you know, what's, what kind of return plan are we working on? I guess. Um, but I always say all things considered <laughs> we're doing all right. So we're still in third, but originally we weren't losing any ground uh, on our position. And now it's starting to look a little bit like we might end up sliding into fourth soon if we don't put together like a little, you know, short win streak or something. I think you're spot on when talking about, I think a lot of it has to do with Brandon being comfortable with getting back out there. And I I completely agree with you. I stub my toe. I'm out for the rest of the day. I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm laying Man. on the couch. Ice it. Wife has to bring me food. Like I'm nursing a big stub toe, yet alone <laughs> potentially turf toe that Brandon Ingram is dealing with. And I think that's a big thing is we are not in their position. So him having to put that shoe on, and that's something that you have to, worry about too is yeah you know is there something protecting the big toe if that's the case how is that fitting into a shoe do you have to change your Mm -hmm. shoes you have to figure out what kind of shoe you have to have or how does that feel when you start moving around also the worry about re-injure it i think people would complain if he got back out there and played her and then realize well why is he playing her why isn't he waiting really healthy well you all were wanting him back so quickly right saying that the fans dictate when a player (laughs) gets back but at the same time Again, it's a lose-lose situation because it is. you do have fans that are like, all right, he's got to get back. He's got to play through this. But i rather err on the side of caution, especially when you should be confident in the team that you have right now. And I feel like up until now, everyone's mm-hmm. signed the question, the entire roster or what's going on just because they lost a game mm-hmm. on the road trip and they went two and three. It's tough to win yeah. on the road, whether you're healthy or not. You face some good teams in your losses. You lost to Boston and Cleveland, two teams that have a shot at winning the East and you lost to Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back who you're going to be competing with for home court throughout the rest of the season. Your two wins, Mm -hmm. you took care of the games you should have Detroit and Washington, which again is a big step in the right direction because there's been some really bad losses in the past (laughs) as far as against teams that you should have won and you didn't. So when you look at the whole grand scheme of the five game road trip, I look at it as what's the problem. 
And I know yeah. you expect to win. I don't want to settle for two and three or moral wins or, <laughs> oh, they played well for three and a half quarters. I get it. They should have won mm-hmm. that game and they had a hard time closing out. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and freak out about the road trip when they're coming back in, in just as good of shape as they did when they left as far as where they yeah. are in the standings. So you get the reset. You face the two teams in the Sunshine State over the next three games. So use that mm-hmm. sunshine as a way to relax a little bit. Maybe get out and get some sunshine. It's rainy here in Atlanta, but <laughs> I'm finding sunshine no matter what, Rel. And I think everything's yeah. going to be all right. This is a this is a chance to let it all out. Lay on the couch, vent out your frustration. <laughs> I'll write down some notes. Not you particularly, but any fans. Yeah. We can do a therapy session if you want. Um, yeah. I think everything just like you. I think everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I um. I'm not panicked just yet. I do think that we are going to need to make some sort of move at the trade deadline. Yes. Um, I, I know for a lot of people, it's very popular to, you know, fire up that trade machine and they want to throw Devonte in there and Jackson and Billy and even Garrett Temple. Um, I, I feel like for us to get whatever piece that we're missing that we need, it could end up being another one of those situations where like when we traded Josh Hart, we really didn't want to see him go. But at the same time, it was kind of necessary for us to, you know, get who we ended up getting in return. Um, you know, minus Tony Snell, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, the man CJ didn't miss a free throw. TJ <laughs> <laughs> and Larry have been so great for us. And so it was like, you know, you'd make that trade over and over again if you had to. Um I've seen a lot of people talking about getting uh, Bogdanovich, which, hey, that'd be great. Um, but realistically, are you going to be able to get, uh, are you going to be able to send them Devontae and Jackson and they're just going to give us Bogdanovich? Like, I don't think that that is, <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. But I do think something needs to be done. And I don't know if if I'm choosing between, you know, more shooting or if I'm choosing between rim protection, what's going to be more important? Um I feel like the shooting's there for us, but you can never turn down more shooting. But I think the rim protection might be a bigger need. Um, And there's also some more, you know, people are digging and they're seeing Billy Aaron Gomez in there. He's under a microscope. Billy. He's under a microscope. Now, I just saw a video where um, the, the Pelicans were getting ready to come out of the huddle and they were getting ready to put everybody's hand in and Billy just turns around. <laughs> he starts to walk away from the huddle and I'm like, if I had seen that, I wouldn't have thought anything of it if I didn't know that he was complaining in these random interviews about, you know, getting the Eurobasket MVP and then not playing in the NBA, which is not the same thing. But does he want are. us to chant MVP inside the Smoothie King Center whenever he whenever he gets in? Maybe or does he want to just wound. I don't know. Maybe he just wants to play. I get it. Yeah, I get that he just part. He wants to play. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You have but... to be careful with voicing your frustration when you're still. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, every player does it. They voice their frustration. They want mm-hmm. the ball. They need to play. You're in the NBA. You deserve to be there, and you mm-hmm. think that you deserve to play, and I get it, but there's 15 guys on the roster, and there are people in front of you. Now, I will yeah. say this. I think rim protection probably needs to be first on the list, only because I think the shooting comes there, one, with Zion spacing the floor. Yeah. When he gets back, Brandon, he's a pretty good shooter from beyond the arc as well, and again, he can create. You have CJ. You have Trey. I mean, I think everyone, like you mentioned, can use another shooter, especially one like Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. But the price that you have to give up, and you mentioned it, you're if you're gonna give up, if you're gonna get Bogdanovich, you're gonna have to give up someone that you're not gonna want to. Yeah. Um, Jackson Devontae in a first round pick is not gonna cut it unless not you're, cut it. <laughs> they're just doing it to shed, which they're not. They're because mm-hmm. look at Detroit has a nice young core. Yeah. And so Bogdanovich can easily be part of that next year when everyone when you get Kate Cutting him back and 
potentially another top five pick? Or what if they get Victor in number one and you have all that young talent and a, and a healthy Bojan Bodanovic, that could be a team that's playing in the playoffs next year. So yeah. I think maybe Detroit's going, we'll listen. And if there's something that really strikes us, then we're going to do it. But no offense, Devontae Jackson and a protected pick is not going to scream to them, let's make a trade. Um, yeah. unless they are just dying to shed some of that salary, which again, they could run into when they have to start paying some of these players. But mm-hmm. looking at yesterday and how they struggled inside, keep in mind, the Cavaliers are, are such a big team with, with Jared yeah. Allen and Evan Mobley. It's hard for a lot of teams to stop those two at the rim. Um, but I did see the thing about Larry Nance telling Jackson not to complain about the refs. Yeah. And um, <laughs> obviously Billy's not playing. So I do think you need someone behind Jonas that you can feel comfortable with on the floor when Jonas gets out. Do you feel comfortable with Jackson? Do you feel comfortable with Billy? And in some, mm-hmm. some situations, yes. And in some situations, yeah, you, it's, <laughs> it's tough. But I don't it's think you want situational. to be in that situation. Yeah, and I don't think you want it to be situational. You want it to be when Jonas mm-hmm. gets out, okay, you have someone in there that can protect the rim. Also, not be an offensive liability where you're playing four on five out there not trying to give this guy the ball. Um, yeah. So I think that needs to be first and then maybe go out for a shooter. But, uh, I mean, again, you have a few weeks to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what direction the, the Pelicans go in. But I do feel like after yesterday's game in Cleveland, I think rim protection to – go along with what you're saying probably has to be mm-hmm. number one on the list yeah for someone as athletic as jackson i feel like he should be out there getting way more blocks or rebounds or whatever have you and with with i think some of the frustration with billy might be that um yeah he's not playing but he's also not playing while jackson is starting to get a little bit more run while people are hurt and it's just like okay like why is he getting out there and I'm right. not getting out there, you know? And I'm not saying that Billy's like hating on Jackson, but like we've seen, we've seen the progression with Jackson and we've seen the regression multiple times over his like three and a half years that he's been with us. So if, if I'm in Billy's shoes, I get what the frustration might be. Um, and, you know, for me, obviously it's just speculation. You know, I haven't spoken to Billy. Uh, he didn't wave at me when I waved at him one day. <laughs> but um, He's on the list now. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's on the list. You know, I don't know if I ever told you about the story when I saw Solomon Hill in the grocery store and I said hi to him and he didn't speak back and I hated him ever since. Uh, but <laughs> See, that stuff goes no. a long way. I get it. Yeah, Billy's not on the list. He's not on the list. But I can understand, you know, if that would be the case, I can understand why he'd be upset. But um. I'd say, like, again, it is situational. And I think that when you put Billy in the game, he's more likely to randomly give you 20 and 10 than Jackson would ever be. Um, Mostly because Jackson's not really crashing the boards. Like, he might get a put-back dunk every now and then, but I don't know. I think, honestly, like, we could move off of both of them and I'd be completely fine with it. Yeah, I I feel like Willie's in a tough position because, obviously, if he had someone that was really sticking out to them, he would just stick with that one person. But there are Mm -hmm. times where... Early in the year, it was Billy and Jackson wasn't getting any run. And now Jackson's getting the run and Billy's not getting any run. So we obviously are not in each practice. We can't hear mm-hmm. or see what's going on as far as more so. How are these two in practice going yeah. at it? Uh, is is Billy started to lose a little bit of that, you know, the the luster and kind of the, you know, losing his patience a little bit? And or is mm-hmm. it just more the fact that Willie sees something in matchup or something else where he's wanting to get run? I mean, here's another again, this could be more theory part, but if you're also trying to trade one of those two, you're probably trying to get have them play a little bit so it showcases mm-hmm. the potential that he has. I don't know 
if it's helping in Jackson's situation, whether teams are looking at what he's doing and going, oh, yeah, he's. But the thing with Jackson is he is talented. He's athletically talented. And Mm -hmm. in the right situation, maybe he can thrive a little bit more than what he's been able to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the fundamentals are still something that he needs to work on. Even the simple things of setting <laughs> screens and the fouling. Listen. I think that's what he's lacking. And that's a big problem uh, now in the NBA. I why say all the him. time, Jackson Hayes never went to basketball camp. There's no way. There's no way he, he went to basketball He played football camp. a lot. He just exactly. started playing basketball the end of high school. Those fundamentals, you can't skip out on that stuff. You can't skip out on boxing out. You can't skip out on setting screens. Um there's just certain pieces that he missed along the way. Whereas, you know, these other guys who've been playing since they were six years old, they learned all that stuff. And I mean, Hey, Hey, he still made it to the NBA, but there's just something there that that's missing. Um, Did you see his uh, stat line? I'm looking at the box score from yesterday and Jackson had one field goal attempt. He had one point must've had a free throw, right? Uh, He had four fouls, zero rebounds. In his nine minutes, that he the was rebounding there. has been a huge problem, and and Willie's kind of emphasized that at least when I was there last year. As far as when Jax is in the mm-hmm. game, got to do a better job of rebounding. I mean, that's what you're there mm-hmm. to do as a big man, and one that could create more opportunities on putbacks. Um, he's so athletic that he can, but he's got to rebound. He's got to box out, and mm-hmm. even though he is tall and and lengthy, but some mm-hmm. of these bigger dudes are going to push him around in there just because he's not built the way you know some of the traditional centers are. But yeah. that's where Jackson, I think, also can have an advantage if some of the other stuff irons out a little bit with the way he can drive to the rim, the way he's athletic, the way he, his speed can get by any big man. Mm-hmm. But it's more of where he, most of the time, he's not starting from the elbow or from the top of the arc. He's got to be inside, and so he doesn't have a post-up game, so that loses a lot of his ability to be out there and create points for himself. So he's got to rely on the hustle stats yeah, to get him points, the fast breaks, the putbacks, the offensive rebounds, all of those things. That's just something that he hasn't been able to take advantage of. Yeah. So just looking at the box score and looking at who didn't log any minutes, um, Kyra didn't get any minutes as I didn't think that he would um, healthy or not with this roster. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of gotten to a point where we could, if we could send Devonte and put Kyra in his place, great. <laughs> Because <laughs> Devontae's got one job and he's not doing well at that one job. Um, he had six points yesterday, one for four from the field um, in, in 14 minutes. And, oh, even he got a rebound and Jack's got none. <laughs> so. Well, let's say this. If you went on bet online right now and made a bet as far as who's the first player or which package of players is going to get Ooh. traded, who are you picking? Oh, man. Because a one bunch of the a uh, couple of these players could be included in the same deal. They could. We could do a three teamer, do a four teamer, whatever. Well, which, um, which which players are first probably on the list as far as to it's go? got Jax has got to be first on the list, just based purely on like athleticism and what a, some team out there may need yeah. in, in him. You know, um, I've always said that if Jax went to Phoenix. Chris Paul would have him looking like a top five, uh, a top five big. <laughs> so, Pick and roll, rolling down the lane and just alley-oops for days. I would be mad for the rest of my life. Like, why couldn't you do that here? But um, Jax is at the top of the list. I think Devontae is right behind him. 
Now, previously, I was interchangeable with Devontae and Kyra, but I don't know. At this point, I'd rather see what Kyra's got in yeah. the tank as opposed to Devontae running around out there not shooting the ball when that's what he's supposed to be doing. So, But also, for Kyra, could be an intriguing piece for others to see a young talent mm-hmm. that really hasn't had the opportunity based on injuries and obviously mm-hmm. the guard depth to really make a move that maybe some team would take a flyer on him and that could be another interesting piece for the Pelicans to get the person that they want. If they feel like maybe Kyra's not a part of the future. So I do get it. Why you've been kind of flipping back and forth is why you choose mm-hmm. both of them. But bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from the NFL to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards, BetOnline, where the game starts. So, of course, where the trade deadline speculation starts is right now, with it being yeah. basically three weeks away on it's February coming. 9th. It's coming, and um, <laughs> you'll be curious to see um, what this team does. So... Yeah, I think another, but an opportunity this week, again, Miami did not look good against Atlanta. They're kind of Mm -hmm. a team that you really don't know who they're at. Orlando is a team Mm -hmm. that you had no problems with in Orlando earlier this season. Or no, you're going to Orlando. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another game. Um, Going to Orlando, a team that that could be, should be a winnable game. And then back to Miami for these three. So I guess where's your confidence level as far as, as much as everyone wants to, you know, put the blanket over their head and, and crawl out <laughs> maybe in a couple of days. How are you feeling? Uh, I I feel like earlier in the season, I was more confident about beating Miami. I feel like they're very unserious, but I also feel like the Pelicans uh, sometimes just do stuff like that and they <laughs> lose to teams who were extremely unserious, right? So um, Orlando, you no matter who you have suiting up for you, you have no business losing to Orlando on uh, on Friday. So take care of business then um you know these these three games uh two against miami one against orlando at least go two and one in those three games because right now we are we're four and a half games behind denver and memphis i don't think that we're going to catch them and not any fault of our own i think that they're just both on fire memphis has won 10 out of the last 10 um and denver i think is maybe one four or five straight but we're only one game ahead of sacramento right now so we need to string together some wins um and not so much looking forward at who we can't catch we need to be like looking over our shoulder making sure these guys can't catch up with us so um at least go two and one if you can go three and oh awesome one and two would not be great um and i don't know what sacramento's schedule looks like coming up but Looking at every, everyone else's schedule, I just feel like, especially Memphis, I feel like they have the easiest schedule in the world. Yeah. Or maybe they're just that good. I, I never look at someone on their schedule and say, oh, yeah, this should be a good test for them. Like, they're just steamrolling everybody. And it's quite frustrating because that's supposed to be us. <laughs> but yeah. we're not healthy. But so. maybe the Pelicans start doing that when they get fully healthy. And then it yeah. becomes a little different when you're hot at the right time. You know, it's a little yeah. different. Yeah, being hot right now is great. And Memphis is rolling. But key is being rolling in March and April and having all yeah. that momentum. And that's how the Pelicans got into the play. And that momentum kept them going throughout the playoffs and almost upset the number one team in the West mm-hmm. in the Phoenix Suns. So you just never know. But um, I agree. I think uh, definitely got to take it game by game. And you're right. I think the goal right now is where you're situated at. And be greedy is just home court in first round. Yeah, and I, I need that. 
I need there's that. still 30 <laughs> plus games to go. So there's still time. And we act like, you know, the season's ending tomorrow. It's not. Um, but I feel like since you've already got to this point, your goal and at least getting guys healthy is to stay within three or four and you can go back yeah. and forth. I mean, that's what you do in the playoffs. The playoff chases are just as important as the experience you get when you're in there. And so mm-hmm. this team has dealt with it. They've been through it. And now you have a team like Sacramento who is playing really good basketball and they want to light that beam every night, just hit that button and the purple goes up in the air. Um, <laughs> you hope that that beam stays down. For as many yeah. games as possible, and you can win. I don't win. want them beaming against us either. That's for sure. So. No beaming <laughs> uh, at all. Um, before I let you go, um, just kind of stuff from around the league. Did you see Jabari Smith last night? Basically yeah. calling LeBron old in the <laughs> nicest way possible. <laughs> in the nicest way possible. And I saw LeBron go and talk to Jabari Smith Senior after yeah. the game as well too. And it was funny. I was thinking to myself, I was like, does he even remember this guy? Because because. Junior was saying, like, you know, played against my dad in your very first game and yada, yada, yada. And LeBron's like, really? And I'm just like, oh, man. But certain things like this, I just feel like are just storylines to keep LeBron in the headlines all the time. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that LeBron, it kind of seemed like he was like, who? Oh, obviously Jabari Smith Sr. But like when it's your first game and the, the hype that was surrounding that game in Sacramento, I don't think he really remembers too much as far as just besides how he did in that yet alone yeah. linking Javari Smith Jr. and Javari Smith Sr. only because more he's thinking, yeah, that really ages me out. So I really don't mm-hmm. want to think about that. I've now started playing with kids' sons in the NBA. And you look at KJ Martin. I know LeBron yep. played with Kenyon Martin. And, yep. you know, some of the guys you're seeing around the league um, that had dads in the NBA play with LeBron. I mean, that's what happens when you're 38 years old now. LeBron's been playing that's for for 20 years. So yeah. um, I thought that was kind of funny. And then it was. the other thing was the mural that Mark Cuban got mad about yeah. that said Luka Doncic needs help and Don't emailed upset, was a message or emailed them personally to say that that was not appropriate. What do you mean? Not appropriate. <laughs> it's a mural. I'm sorry that you feel disrespected, but you should probably do some better uh, managing of your assets. Uh, if you have any and get some, get some better guys around, uh, around Luca, but Hey, if they can continue to suffer. I, I wouldn't be upset about it. You know, their division rival. We got to get them off our backs. Um, did you see Jalen Duran is not currently with the Pistons because he lost his passport? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what are the odds? So they said the team is working and hoping to get him there in time for the game. But I'm just like, dude, that is hilarious to me. And someone said it's tremendously on brand. <laughs> I was always so nervous about the the international travel going to Toronto because it was mm-hmm. one of those things like. You were supposed to send their passports early, like the proof of it. And then you had to bring them like, what if you forget it? What if you lose it in Toronto? You're stuck uh, in, in, I mean, there's worse yep. places to be stuck. Toronto is a very nice city, but like, that was always like, always wanted to get through that trip just more so from the sense of, I didn't get stuck there. I didn't get, <laughs> get you know, stuck. I'm allowed to come back. I was able to get through. It's just always nerve wracking. So, but what about, mm-hmm. I mean, you have Detroit and I think it's Charlotte. No, Detroit and Chicago and in, in Paris. I mean, oh, got the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's a on Thursday, I have to get out there. <laughs> I mean, that's I see some <laughs> of the I have to get out there quick. I see some of my friends that are or people I've known from the league that are there, you know, representing both teams. I'm like, that must be nice to get an international game. And yeah, we'll go to Paris for a game and and come back. Sick. Be some nice I think stuff, Detroit's man. practicing in 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 Victorland, where Victor Wembanyama plays <laughs> right now. So Detroit's <laughs> probably saying, "All right, where is this guy? You know, who can we meet him?" And just we're tanking for you, buddy. 
You know, that's tampering going on, right? <laughs> oh, did you see CJ's uh, CJ's comments about the yeah. Raptors? And people are upset about that. People are like, how can he say this? How is this not tampering? And it's like, well, because he didn't name any specific player, I guess. But yeah. everyone's speculating. He's talking about Fred or he's talking about um, Gary Trent Jr. since they used to play with each other yeah. in, uh, in Portland and everything. And I'm just like... I don't know, but I've seen a lot of people say they want us to get OG Ananobi, but who you who are you giving up to get OG Ananobi? It's not Devontae. <laughs> Got to give up some players. I think that's what it's everyone learned Devante. last year when they were like, oh, my God, we're getting rid of Josh Hart. Well, you yeah. got CJ McCollum and Larry Nance who have been two key pieces in not only getting you to the playoffs, but also getting you off to the start this exactly. year. Exactly. So in this set of 10 games, we're four games into it, and we're two and two, so we got to make something shake. So games 41 through 50 will end up at least 500 or better so let's uh keep our fingers crossed we'll see we're how doing, this we're gonna be all right let's we're gonna be all right that that basically should be the title of every episode that we do we're gonna be all right like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but for man. now we'll leave it as therapy session again if you want to tweet at us and you know ask some questions more than happy to answer them on our next podcast we'll be back at the end of the week to talk about the miami game and also get you ready for orlando and miami over the weekend yeah. hope you all have a great rest of your week everything's gonna be all right enjoy it enjoy the process there's a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of adversity can't hurt you right and that's what yep. the pelicans are going through right now well i appreciate it, as always we'll talk to you at the end of the week all right. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, or whatever they say. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly Clarkson. All right. That will do it for our podcast for Rel. I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pels and Whistles on the Believe Network, presented by Ben Online.